Hey, girl, oh, got a complex in that his house. <laughs> you know, you gotta be extra, right? Gotta have the energy, you know? Some folks are on their commute, and you know, we gotta provide that energy for them. Absolutely. Wake up, wake up, wake up. So, um, <laughs> today we have a wonderful episode planned and ready for you. Um, and we are gonna have Genovia Chase on this episode, um, who is an advocate and an event planner in mm. New York State. But we're gonna get to that a little later, darling. Yes. We're here, we're queer. Yeah. Get used to it. Speaking of queer things. <laughs> <laughs> no? Yes, Sidra, queen of the intro. Save us, Sidra. Transition. Yes. This past weekend, BuzzFeed did this little cute little thing. <laughs> so good. That was so good. I'm so proud of you. Go ahead. You're a mess. Oh my no, god. No, BuzzFeed had uh, their queer prom this past weekend, which I think is kind of cool. Do you guys know what that is? I do not. No. Deirdre, please. Um, so, queer prom is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it's a, They put on this prom uh, every year where, and they celebrate um, queer kids, kids who are marginalized, you know, who, who might not be able to attend their regular proms for the way that they identify or the way that pre they present themselves. So it's this cute little, like, event to bring awareness to, um, you know, issues facing queer people. Um, Adam Lambert was there. Oh, uh, Rachel Wood. So they bring in, like, you know, um, queer celebrities mm. to kind of bring the hype up. They, uh, they, I think they had a rainbow-painted... Uh, dance floor Aww. and like, you know and um they had the guy from what's his name the guy from mean girls I that's i want my picture back what's his name i don't know anyway you can cut that out the guy, that, the, the guy the was like you don't even go here yeah she doesn't even <laughs> go here either <laughs> But anyway, he did this the scene from the movie where he takes the crown and then breaks the pieces. Oh, that's and then he amazing. Gives it to everyone is like, you all are queens. Oh. How do they? Do you know how they decide on invites? Or do so you just show us? there, I know I I read about how to decide the court, like the prom court, like mm. who's king, queen, all this kind of stuff. Um, there was an application process wherein um, teenagers would apply from their respective states and. It's basically they chose people who were doing great things in their communities, like for their schools or activism or, you know, just sort of like bringing awareness mm. to queer issues. And then those kids were chosen and they were flown out to L.A. for four oh days and four God. nights. They got a style makeover. So they got someone to dress them, like mm. pick out their suit or dress or whatever they wanted to wear. Uh, they got their hair done. You know, it was just it. Just like seeing all the pictures and seeing the whole thing, I was like, it's so cute. I wish yeah. I had this like platform or this space to be able to kind of, you know, and you saw people there with their dates and their boyfriends and girlfriends and everything. It was really, it was really sweet. Oh, mm -hmm. so. that, that brings into mind, there's a statistic <clears throat> from the study that was done looking at um, just like discriminatory school policies mm -hmm. um, nationwide um, pertaining to LGBT students. They found that um, 18 percent of LGBT students reported that they were unable to bring a same gender or same sex 
person mm. to their school dance. Um, so like these things are so important. And it was actually a, um, they called it the gay prom in Philly yeah. um, that I went yeah. to um, when I was in high school. Um, so yeah, I feel like their, you know, cities also have, you know, those Rules um, and things. So yeah. we're empowering people to have, you know, queer prom, throw your own queer prom. Yeah, like absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, for my prom, I went with my gay best friend and then we switched and he, when we got there, he went with his boyfriend and I went with my girlfriend. So. Aww. There are ways that you can you do know, work around the system. Exactly. Speaking of education, I wanted to take this opportunity to plug my brother's app. Support yes, to the please. fam. So um, my brother is, he's an IT specialist and just like a kick-ass dude. And I know this is a platform for for uh, fem-identified people, but mm. this app of his is actually very empowering for 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 people who don't have opportunities so basically your brother has an app yeah he has an app that he created it's called scale sum which translates to let's learn together Mm -hmm. i guess would be yeah it's like a slang term and basically it's for uh students to share resources so Mm -hmm. from their phones let's say for example i'm struggling with a math problem i need to ask somebody i can just go onto the app go i'm working on this and then anybody from anywhere can uh log in send me past papers or send a video explaining whatever it is mm-hmm. or even send uh, little voice notes which is really dope and it like involves teachers oh my god it's amazing yeah, yeah it's really so cool, cool. Yeah, and the thing is it started as like a school project that kind of developed into this great thing oh, and shit. right now he's at the beginning stages he's getting some airplay so i just wanted to shout out my brother that's Yay. amazing yeah. Wait, what's his name his name is bongani mm-hmm. um and so it's gela sam which is s g e l a s a a m dot c o dot z a so for my american buddies it's .co.za when you're typing it on your computers and your oh. phones. Wait, is that the, that's the website? Yeah, yeah. But can you find it in the app store as well yet? It's not, not in the app stores yet. Uh. Um, so for now, you can find it online and you can download it from the site itself. Oh, cool. It's yeah. such a brilliant idea too. Yeah. yeah. That's that's so, how awesome. old is he? He's twenty. How old is Bongai? He's twenty nine now. Yeah, he's oh, twenty years gosh. old. Oh gosh, that's amazing! Yeah. And he's developing his own app. Yeah. Okay. So I thought I'd shout that out. Yeah, shout out to the South Africans doing it. Yay! Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's amazing. I definitely wanted to shout out my mama. Mother's Day just passed, and yeah, shout out to the moms who are the original badass women. Everybody want to say what's up to their mommy. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> Molo, mama. Yago kumbula. Shout out to my mama, Miss Katrina Griffin. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, mom. I love you. So did y'all see that crazy shit that um, Miss USA um, mentioned in her uh, answer about uh, whether healthcare was a right or a privilege? Yeah. Miss yeah. USA is still a thing? I didn't know. Apparently. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, what what happened? What'd you say? Yeah. So it, um, I believe she identifies as a woman of color, um, which was amazing. I was like, yes, God, a POC in the house. <laughs> um, uh, but she um, was asked a question in relation to uh, whether healthcare was a right 
or a privilege. Mm-hmm. And we all know the difference between a right and a privilege. Right? Is, is that the structure of the question? Do you think it's a right or a privilege? Mm-hmm. I, I believe oh, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, 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 yeah. And this girl had the nerve to say that she thought that healthcare was a privilege. Mm-hmm. And basically that folks who, in order to have healthcare, you should be working. Mm-hmm. So that was like the conversation. And I think it just ties in uh, with, you know, the Trump administration trying to uh, repeal or replace the Affordable Care Act mm-hmm. with this crazy ass health care where sexual assault is like a pre-existing condition. So like mm-hmm. someone who has been sexually assaulted uh, because it's a pre-existing condition can be denied um, access to proper health care. So a health insurance can deny them health care because they've been sexually assaulted. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag America. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what was the response then? Because if if you're saying that healthcare is a privilege, that that just kind of eliminates healthcare for a large group of people. She was even like, because I, I watched the video of her response. She's even like, as a government employee, I feel as though I'm like, woman, stop talking, stop talking. <laughs> Wait, who's a government? She is a yeah, she's a government employee. She's from DC. Hold on, I'm gonna look up exactly her because she got some big title. Um, yeah, which and I think it's important oh, that we mention. before she before no her job her her she's, job her yeah. pre-existing job mm. pre-existing condition <laughs> right. And I was following the thread on Twitter. Somebody said something really interesting where they were like, "I have a great job, well-paying job, but at my job I don't qualify for their healthcare, and I've been here for two years. So are you saying that?" Even though I have my job, that I still don't deserve healthcare. Like, what exactly is it that you're getting mm. at? Yeah, it and it's a whole population situation. of people that can't work. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So does that then? Is she talking about people who are on disability who get help from the government? Like, there's so many different ways. She wasn't thinking about them. Know. She was nothing. She was thinking about the crown. Well, uh, since that came out, has and there's been. I'm sure there's been backlash. Has she addressed it? At all? Well, it happened last night. I don't think she said anything yet. Oh, oh, it but was last night. Oh, also, I'm not, is all the way out Miss the USA not a Trump pageant? Does Trump not run so it? So he owned oh, it. Oh, don't tell oh. me. He owned it. I think in in 2015, and he sold it. So like he he was he owned it. Mm. He oh, was so he's owner. not connected. Yeah, but he. I'm sure he still has ties. He probably is still connected. He's connected to all of his other businesses. Oh I wouldn't be God. surprised that he's he... He's the president of the fucking United States of America. So she is a nuclear chemist. Okay, girl. That works for the U.S. NRC, whatever that means. National is there Republic. A picture? Yeah. You, is there a picture on this? <laughs> What's NRC? National Does it show what she looks like? No. She's gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah. She just gave a shitty answer. Oh, and she has curly hair. Right? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, and then, um, my um, no, it be the you were saying something about, she said something about feminism. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see this part myself because that, that, that question I, I saw the video of, but people were tweeting that she also said, I am not a feminist. I'm an equalist. Hashtag <laughs> all lives matter. Exactly. Exactly. Mess. But then Miss New Jersey, who, I mean, I was watching all of this on Twitter. I'm not going to watch Miss USA on the TV. But I was on the TV. Well, online. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, so I was watching it all on Twitter. And Miss New Jersey gave such a gorgeous answer. Yes, Jersey. About, <laughs> about uh, being a feminist. Basically, she was saying that Feminism, uh, 
it goes beyond just equality that people think that's all it is feminism is about empowering people she was yeah she killed it and everybody it seemed like was behind miss new jersey but then of course miss uh dc with her backwards ass answers <laughs> ended up winning and somebody said oh another interesting thing that somebody pointed out was basically her her year of reign is just going to be uh, her being the favorite token of Fox News. I was like, mm. oh. Oh, yeah. we shall see. I get that beauty pageants like Miss USA is supposed to be, you know, women who have gone to college, who are smart, who are educated, who want to do well in the world. But it seems that this woman is very disconnected from reality. So mm. then she's supposed to represent all of America, which yeah. is also problematic because, as we know, we're not doing so well right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but so is that what it, Miss USA is all about? It's a pageant for beauty and wit and and intellect. And then this woman just travels the world as like a representation of our entire country. Is that what it is? I, I don't know what she does, but I think it's, <laughs> um, you know, because people are like, oh, she's uneducated. And... She has a great education. That doesn't mean she's woke, right? Or mm. that she's aware, socially conscious. Yeah. So I think we have to like separate those two things. Someone can go to college, get a, a 4.0, 4.01, whatever. That doesn't mean that they're socially aware of all the different, you know, systematic, um, very systematic oppressions that people face or that they're woke, right? right? So I think we sometimes have to like, because I think there was um, some tweet saying like, oh, she's uneducated. And like, okay, no, she's not uneducated. Um, she may be uneducated about, she's she's misinformed or uneducated about a certain, you know, uh, social issue. Yeah, social issue. Mm. That doesn't mean that she's dumb, yeah. right? Mm. She's a sure. she's a damn Nuclear scientist, whatever. Yeah, right? right. Nuclear chemist. Ooh, our guest is here. Our guest yeah. is here. Our guest is yeah. here, y'all. Oh my goddess! Hello, goddesses. Um, so it is time to welcome our guest. Hey, Genovia. Hi, <laughs> So, you know, we have a tradition here with TGC, the goddess complex. Um, and that is that we always ask our guests what gender pronouns they use just to create a culture of inclusion mm -hmm. within our space. Mm -hmm. So... Genovia, what pronoun do you use? She, her. Yes, God. <laughs> so, Genovia Chase is an advocate and event planner within New York State. As a community stakeholder and leader within the house. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. As a my dad FaceTime. is like FaceTime. Dad, I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> I will call you back later. Bye. <laughs> That was my father FaceTime <laughs> me. Okay, I'm gonna start over. Um, so Genovia Chase is an advocate and event planner within New York State. As community stakeholder and leader within the house, ballroom, and uh, transgender communities, Genovia continues to mobilize youth and trans folk to raise awareness on health and wellness. Humanizing the lives of people of trans experience is one of her most deep heartfelt values. She remains hopeful that the work being done by many will continue to affect the change needed in the world. Mm. Yes, that's such a delicious yeah. vibe right here, Genovia. Yeah. Yeah. Genovia, yeah. 
So, Genovia, what is new? What is going on with Genovia and what has she been up to? Uh, so, Genovia has been um, really like um, wrapping her head around, like, you know, finally um, coming to terms of what she wants to do career wise. Mm -hmm. um, being way more ambitious and assertive about going after that um, realm, per se, I guess I should say. So now I'm like, you know, taking my little courses, well, continuously taking courses at FIT, continuing mm -hmm. professional studies, to get an event planning certificate from them. And, you know, just to kind of like further my knowledge, but some of the courses, I've already taken, I've kind of been a little bit reaffirming. So it's like, like you know, there's no real way to, or like curriculum way to even plan, you know, people yeah. have their own ways, their own ways of navigating it. And so it's really great. So that's where I'm going into, um, or where I've been, um, looking for a new job. You know, sometimes this work can be very taxing. Yeah, so like oh, my idea is really to just kind of get to a place where I can really be gratified, um, and sustain my livelihood, um, as well as continue mobilizing i'm doing com community mobilizing efforts as well too so i'm heavily involved in that like within work and outside of work yeah. so like it'll be great to like you know escape from like you know being restrained to you know this non-for-profit industrial complex i love that and do work that's more like and just do the work from a different scope um yeah. and so that's why for me um being an event planner is something um I can use as a tool to contribute and to build community, um, to contribute to like the economic development and stability for people that are within the house forum community that have like an array of talents, an array of um, skill sets that, you know, could really one benefit me and what I'm doing and also like interconnecting in things that like organically keep the Borum community going. So mm. yeah. So in the events that you plan, do you make sure that you utilize members of your community? Absolutely. To, okay. Like that's the, that's the entire model. The model is, you know, well, ideally when I get to a point where like I've done some like consulting things mm -hmm. thus far, but even through work, like if I'm planning even through work, like hands down the people that are referred are people that are ballroom whether it's ballroom caterers whether it's ballroom djs mm -hmm. um hosts etc so mm -hmm. that's like my and when you focus. say ballroom for those of us listening or those listening mm -hmm. who don't know what you're because when you, you say ballroom you're not like yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly so by ballroom i mean like the house ballroom community the house ballroom community um is a black community that we tend to say underground, but has been very, very um, influential to the mainstream, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, it's a subculture. It's a community um, that is built of um, a ton of marginalized folks that are queer, gay, bi, lesbian, against the binary, on the binary. Um, mm -hmm. There are just so many attributes and different things that um, represent the ballroom community as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, you know, we tend to say that it's kind of very underground, but, you know... As time goes on, you know, mm -hmm. there's more intersections with the mainstream. Things right. come you know, to so. the surface. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> right. absolutely. Now, is there a difference between the ballroom community and the kiki theme? So, it's all ballroom. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a lot of times we disattach it even within ballroom. There's, like, this bias that happens <laughs> with people. <laughs> because, of course, everyone doesn't think of the ballroom as community or as... Um, something larger than what it is, um, mm -hmm. and it is. And for the Kiki scene, there's more of a structure where you know people are able to actually do things and explain them more tangibly. Um, and in the mainstream ballroom, it's not always, that's not always the case for people's experiences, so. Wait, what 
does the Kiki scene look like? Okay, so the Kiki scene is more youth focused. Um, the origin of it was specifically to um, really kind of engage. Um, well, there's many, if you ask different people, people will tell you different things, but <laughs> yeah. from my, um, <laughs> where I like to come from of it, of it is like, you know, this intertwine between creating a safe space um, for younger people that are within ballroom. Because um, like you've seen in Paris, Bernard Carter, you've seen where there was like young, young, super young kids and people telling their stories that they were like really underage and, you know, ballroom <laughs> is for the most part, I guess people would say in an adult space because things that happen that people wouldn't necessarily want younger people around mm -hmm. may potentially happen there mm -hmm. um the kiki scene provides a safer space for them and house um interactions with community and agencies which um exist throughout the new york new york city um mm -hmm. i believe gmhc was one of the first place like was the first place to house the kiki scene mm -hmm. it was curated and um started um, more curriculum based by Aisha and Tahiri. Aisha is definitely the um, mother of the Kiki scene. <laughs> and then like <laughs> Albert Santana, who was an Ivisu, um, as well as, did I say Tahiri? Luna, Luna, uh -huh. Con, Luna Khan, who actually still works at GMAC. Um, and then it expanded. So as Aisha moved on, you know, it became like a really household thing for um, Hetchigmar Institute, which is like, you know, the largest um, LGBT high school slash. Pro LGBT after school program that's mm -hmm. in the world, I want to believe. I, in that a, focus. In the nation. In the nation. Yeah. But it was very LGBT specific. So, um, mm. yeah, so I hope that was. No, yeah. yeah. So, you know, cool. speaking of <laughs> Kiki, yeah. um, so Genovia, you were one of the folks featured in the film Kiki. Yeah, I was around. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I was thinking in the background. <laughs> and uh, um, for those who do not know, Kiki is a film that follows seven characters. Um, from the Kiki community over the course of four years, using their preparation and spectacular performances um, at events known as Kiki Balls as a framing device while delving into their battles with homelessness, illness, and prejudice. So, Genovia, what was it like to be a part of this film? Okay, so being a part of Kiki was um, very awkward for me. Um, it was a time where, um, for me, um, I was coming more into my consciousness around, you know, the another level of importance that ballroom played to me. So it was a little bit scary to, like, you know, be a part of a film, kind of have, be introduced to people that weren't necessarily from the community, mm -hmm. but um, were so intrigued and so interested in our narratives and our stories. I actually opted out of being like a principal character okay. um, because I just didn't want to dive too deep into my um, personal life mm -hmm. um, and have that broadcast in the world, which I don't mind typically, mm -hmm. I think it was because of my scares with, you know, I don't want to say foreigners, but foreign people from the community mm. yeah. enticing, like, you know, what, you know, trying to elevate our voices. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, shy, shy, shy. But I was like, you know, I did a crap load of video recording, which was yeah. crazy. So like, there's a lot of parts in the scene where you see me with my sister, Gia Love, yes. who's like God, Gia. the essence of the film, if you ask yes. me, um, not to put anyone against me, but Gia gave a really deep perspective in the film um, and really tied all the stories and knots together of the film. Um, looking back, I think the documentary Kiki does um, something that Paris is Burning didn't do, which was like really elevate the voices of young people mm -hmm. um, and tell their narratives and um, not necessarily aim really in on the performance aspect yeah. of ballroom. Um, it really kept it really um, organic in terms mm -hmm. of the things that people do every do in their everyday-to-day -day lives and how ballroom aids um, 
aids those folks, like providing housing for people mm-hmm. or um, feeding people or like, you know, providing a space where people can come and be free and be themselves mm-hmm. and still like, you know, be kind of like invisibilized even in those spaces. Um, and I think it gave a really, really, really opposing narrative to like the um, trans perspective as well too, um, or the, just non-binary perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think Gia was really, really eloquent in um, explaining like, you know, her journey, like throughout the film, you can see her journey as she grows up into her womanhood mm-hmm. um, and still very centered with who she was as an individual. Mm-hmm. So I think that that like, in a sense, I think Paris is Burning at times romanticized the idea of the transsexual or the, a trans woman per se. And in Kiki, you get a whole total, diff, totally different perspective from mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And seeing someone that know who they are and owns who they are and understand that this different phase in their life is not necessarily them being a different person, but them being at a higher level of consciousness and evolutionizing and still being oneself. So That's what I, I, was, I want to yeah. see this film now. I haven't it's, seen it yet. I've seen it like three times already. It, is it on it's Netflix? So or? No, 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 it was in theater. It's on iTunes. Yeah. I don't know if it's on Netflix yet, but I definitely know it's on iTunes. Yeah, it's not okay. on Netflix. I would oh, definitely I need to watch see it again. But the thing you just said... Uh, which I find interesting is the the evolution, right? Because now you have young people who uh, have a lot more access to information, a lot, a lot more access to community than mm-hmm. before, than in Paris is Burning, which was shot in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So therefore, New York in the 80s versus New York now um, is a completely different place. So mm-hmm. it's it's... I feel like uh, Kiki's maybe more celebratory yes. than... than um, traditional ballroom because it's like you were saying was underground so it was a place you would go to feel this sense of community where now you have much more avenues Mm -hmm. where you can find that yeah easily i I think that i think that's one part of it like you know but i think there's still a space in which ballroom the house ballroom community holds that's very um what's the word i want to say sacred sacred like sacred to like you know still providing that safety net for some folks. And it's also, you have to have that sort of home base because Mm -hmm. that's what you're building off of, right? Because everything comes back to that Mm -hmm. ballroom scene. Because now we have like Kiki, but what is in five years, what is it going to be in 10 years? What is it going to be called? What is it going to look like? Absolutely. And like really showing like, you know, ballroom. I think the great thing about the film of ballroom or like, it's like really the travel and letting people know and see that, you know, this place is providing these tools. Like, you know, ballroom is an intervention for people to live their lives outside of ballroom more firmly Mm -hmm. and um, more comfortably. Mm. Um, Yeah. Speaking of ballroom, do you have a favorite category? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say my favorite category is the old way. I love old way. I love the lines about it. I love like, like, you know, it's just something about old way that really gets me excited. And, um, old way, just to me, old way, which is just for anyone and everyone that has the proficiency to executed and there's so many different styles that people have and mm-hmm. you know that's the good thing about ballroom too that everyone's so organic about how they do things mm-hmm. um but something about OA that is really 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 just turns me I'm like super excited which is <laughs> awkward because a lot of people I guess from like a lot of my peers are like girl OA like they want to see like them queen face even though I love I love all ballroom categories but to me OA really gives me up the most um 
sex siren, you know. Yeah. Only, but it's not that, like, you know, I just like the way people sell it. Like, I just like that sensual, like, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not too thin, too romantic. I don't really like the idea of, like, you know, just people being visually naked, etc. Like, that doesn't, of course, everybody likes that, but it's not like, I'm, I don't care about sex siren for that. I like it because it's a performance and people, how they can really accentuate their bodies and be sensual and be, like, you know, in front of all those people. Like, that's just so bold and it's just something about it the way people sell it that really gets me excited i'm just like oh my god like it's just such a, you know i would walk sex every one day or body like i love that oh, I love that. this is so another loop that i'm clearly out of what are the categories so it's like is it the same for every ball well ballroom has many categories and there are times that people do innovative things and create their own categories but i think oh, over the years ballroom has like you know developed into so many more categories so like ballroom initially started with like centering like you know the drag ballroom circuit so i don't know if you guys ever seen the movie um the queen oh it's like a i'm like it's a movie it's a movie i think it's a movie it's called the queen and that's what like crystal about crystal of asia she's this pageant um person mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. from like the 60s and she basically was like really really shaded at this pageant um um latina queen and she basically stormed off the stage when they were doing crowning and like really reads the crap out of like the um pageant being like super um racist mm -hmm. um and so that is looked at as the origin of what house ballroom is because before that it was just pageantry it was centered around that and the Harlem renaissance um so it wasn't really much space for folks to be a part that were male identified, I guess, in terms of like how they presented. It was really centered around women, drag queens, like, you know, that were just like living their truth underground, mm -hmm. hiding from the systems mm -hmm. that was like totally against them. Mm -hmm. um, and to currently, like, you know, a lot of more, um, I guess, throughout the 90s, late 80s, 90s, is when ballroom, they had a shift and like, you know, way more, um, I guess, male identified folks would be a part of ballroom and kind of find place in ballroom and categories were created around um, male bodies. Um, as before, it just wasn't that, it just wasn't a, a thing. So, um, yeah. and now today it's just like, it's real integrated, but it's still very um, male woman presentation type thing. Like it's yeah, rare it's that binary, it's kind of like, binary, yeah, binary. I would say if a category like, you know, it has its issues, but it's like, you know, but um, one of the categories I think that really embodies people like, you know, um, is, well, the good thing about ballroom specifically, there are categories in which it doesn't really matter, like, you know, what you feel that you identify as or whatnot. But most categories are, oh, male figure this, female figure that, femme mm -hmm. queen this, witch queen that. Mm -hmm. Except bazaar, which is like, you know, the category that's way more specifically around the arts and being avant-garde and really imaginative and making these unforeseen things come to life on the runway. Mm -hmm. Within ballroom, um, I think folk, folks that may be gender bi um, non-binary or um, gender non-conforming, like, you know, they could be in other categories. They just yeah. may... Um, sacrifice that sense of being for the sake of performance or for the sake of their arts mm -hmm. on the runway and just go, okay, I'm just going to jump into this category for the night because it doesn't really mean, really mean anything to me, but like, you know, I really like this category or whatnot. You just never know. So, right. yeah. And it also allows people to explore Absolutely. within, like, that's what the categories are there for. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, previously you mentioned like Kiki and... Uh, um, you know, focusing on, you know, some folks of trans experience um, and, you know, some of your work within the trans community. Um, so, 
in an interview on Channel 4 this past March, feminist author Shimamanda uh, was asked about her thoughts regarding trans women issues and stated, I don't think it's a good thing to talk about women's issues being exactly the same as the issues of trans women because I don't think that's true. So, although she insisted that she supports transgender people's existence, she suggested that their experience does, should not be conflated with women's issues. So, Zenobia, <laughs> <laughs> um, girl, what is your thoughts on that interview and what uh, Shimamanda said? Um, I think she contradicted herself. I think that she contradicted herself by saying that, you know, like, she's um, supportive of the trans community, but you don't see us, like, in the sense that you say that our issues aren't women's issues, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. um, or trans folks' issues aren't women's issues. I don't know what she meant by that, but um, it totally contradicts the idea of what she says. I think even in larger her interview, she kind of contradicts the idea of what equality looks like for mm -hmm. the feminist movement, and, um, mm -hmm. and I'm going to say them because I don't really consider myself feminist, but I don't know. Maybe I have some feminist ways, whatever. I don't know. But um, really, the feminist movement trying to get to a space of equality mm. and I think that's in compared in gender equality so I'm like this is yeah. so ironic that you would make such a statement um and I don't know it's just really it's offensive it's really offensive yeah. and it's unfortunate because I think a lot of times people romanticize the idea of trans women specifically being someone like she mentioned in the interview like oh this is someone that's lived with male privilege but I'm like how can that be the case? Like people romanticize this idea about like folks like Caitlyn Jenner or folks that transition, um, quote unquote, way later in life. Um, but it's like, how do those folks like in the in their existence now? Like you know, and even I'm I'm sorry. Let me backtrack. People romanticize the idea, and she did this. She romanticized the idea around folks having living their life having male privilege, mm -hmm. um, and then transitioning to affirm themselves as women. That's a narrative that is really centered around folks like Caitlyn Jenner, and it's a very rare narrative. There are tons of folks that really understand or can't explain with words, but totally understand the idea that, you know, they are, you know, women, you know, and they may transition super duper young um, and face many different issues such as getting kicked out of their homes or abused or um, chastised around, you know, not associating themselves with their sex born, um, assigned at birth. And I think that for someone so smart, you think that she would like, you know, separate the idea of sex and gender. Yeah. And I think that as we move forward um, in time, I think a lot of more trans women that live their lives every day as women and affirm themselves as women mm -hmm. um, are getting to a space of understanding and okayness with, okay, you know, I'm fine that I was born with this, associated this way, mm -hmm. but now I affirm myself as this, and, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm not in the wrong body. No, I'm not um, trying to perform to assimilate or be a certain way. Mm -hmm. I'm just affirming myself, and I just holistically want to make sure that that relation is there because people may miss mistaking my identity for a facade or for a performance. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people think that trans people are performing and it's like, no, like, you know, like this is, and that's, it's just, it's just really ironic to me that she would make such a statement um, and then have the nerve to play Beyonce's little um, <laughs> piece around like, explaining feminism <laughs> and then talking about sex and you talking about gender. I'm like, girl, like this thing, girl, like, you know, that's why I'm like, people are just too smart for their own good. And it's just like, you know, like, it's really ironic. Like, what was your intentionality around saying that piece? Were you intentionally trying to, um, quote unquote, protect 
the your womanhood or like you know mm-hmm. did you do you feel like your womanhood is being attacked mm-hmm. and it goes to show that you don't truly view um, trans women as women you view them as something else or as other and like you said there's no space in the feminist movement for um, trans women which is okay because um, the good thing about trans people is that I think that of course most folks want to be um, validated in some way but I think that you know it's not needed like it's validation that's not needed and there's many things that the trans movement if you say have done that have supported many different movements so like you know this narrative isn't this narrative these experiences aren't new like you know they're very much old and for someone that's African to question the validity of like of a trans person is really really funny and I think it really showcases like you know how impactful colonialism is <laughs> yeah no that's so true mm. any thoughts about any thoughts Anything oh, you about? mentioned colonialism I could talk <laughs> <laughs> so let's not have <laughs> <women enough. laughs> so you know speaking of uh, you know uh, Shimamanda and you know her contradicting herself and I think one of the uh that she had the audacity to speak on trans issues as a cisgender woman. I think mm-hmm. that was something that was um, interesting yeah. that she felt that she had the right or could speak on trans issues. Um, that was weird. Yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> I, was, weird. I wish she would have been, weird. you know, said that, you know, I don't feel comfortable asking. Yeah, I would have yeah. respected like, that, so that question or mm-hmm. I'd rather have you know, uh, the trans community speak for themselves yeah. around this mm-hmm. issue. Um, there was many ways she could have... Def- I mean, if she didn't feel confident enough mm-hmm. to speak something that would be empowering or mm-hmm. would be forward-thinking or or mm-hmm. shedding some positive light to just have that sort of negative... She could have come out on top like so easily by just yeah. saying, uh, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's maybe have this conversation with another person right 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 like what's the question that was asked her again um i think she was just um asked a question in relation to you know is there a difference between you know the women's movement and the trans movement Mm. can trans women be included in you know feminism in the women's movement um which I thought was kind of a setup, and I was right. just like, "Girl, yeah. you should have seen that coming." Yeah, but I mean, a lot of yeah, it's no. like you know, like how can you, com- like I don't know what she was she was comparing and contrasting, like you know, like I don't know, like a lot of the I, the funny thing is that a lot of people, a lot of cis women, um, claim to be like trans people's biggest allies, and it's like you know, like. That's why I'm like, the word ally is just not a word that holds much weight anymore because, you know, people do so much damage um, claiming themselves as ally, you know, versus, like, for me, I don't think someone should say they're an ally. I think that, you know, that's only deemed to you by the folks you're trying to have this sort of allyship with. Like, you know, you don't get to say, oh, I'm an ally until you can, like, that's just not real. Yeah. It's not real. And I think that, you know, a lot of women which could be, um, a lot of cis women could be the case is that like, you know, trans women are revolutionary. Like, you know, what being like, you know, can affirm themselves is more than their genitalia. Like, you know, yeah, and a lot of yeah. cis women are centered around the idea that my womanhood is directly attached with my genitalia. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's unfortunate for you. Yeah. And that 
violence perpetuates in it it perpetuates violence in the larger world um because folks like her are not making a stance and shifting that narrative and like you would think that our movements are people that do, are doing um work organizing to get to a space of harmony for the world or a space of equality or equity for the world would be more interested in our similarities versus our difference um and i think that where she fell short was that that spoke out against everything that, you know, someone like her say that they represent. Mm -hmm. And that's a, con a constant contradiction, not only by folks like her, but um, folks in the, in the trans community have to be accountable as well um, for the things that we do um, that fight against um, equality on a larger level, not just within gender, but within race and, you know, making this a more harmonic world. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. If that's a word, I don't know. So you had a comment, oh, you had a question, right? So Pedro. so earlier you were saying that you you sort of shy away from the term ally. Mm -hmm. um, is there some is there a term that you prefer to use, mm -hmm. or you prefer to associate with those who are trying to help the the cause? Mm -hmm. Like for me. Um, I'm way more interested in the word accomplice. Um, and that's something that kind of like, you know, it's being centered around a lot of other wise women, um, like my sister Gia, like um, Laura's Hunter, like Octavia Lewis, God. like, you know, like a lot of like, you know, um, I could go on and on. I'm sorry, I can't be name dropping. See, now it's like, oh, she being biased. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, a lot more people that are like, I think a bit more radical and, you know, and a bit more, not, let me not just say radical, but a bit more um, assertive and, it's okay to say aggressive, aggressive in, mm -hmm. in terms of um, language for change. Um, and accomplice is way more um, interesting because it's like, you know, someone's going to get down in the ditch, in the, in the dirt with you and like, mm -hmm. you know, fight with you. And mm -hmm. like, you know, they're not going to hide behind um, the politically correct terminology, et cetera, or show mm -hmm. up when mm -hmm. they can get an opportunity. They're uh -huh. going to be there even when they're invisibilized and there's no space for them at the mm -hmm. table, but they're making space for you at the table or they're going to make sure that they don't leave you behind. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, it's just a way better word. It's more, it's better to swallow. Like, you know, like yeah. words, language changes over time. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have abused the word ally yeah. or people mm -hmm. have abused the word ally as Absolutely. it pertains to marginalized communities. Um, so I'm just no longer interested in I definitely agree with that. And I think the word accomplice almost holds more weight. I mean, you think accomplice, you think like Bonnie and Clyde or like mm -hmm. something that's, that's more a very, more, more partnership yeah. and more, uh, like you said, getting in the trenches, getting your hands dirty, really like working with people. And it's interesting, I was doing, um, a training and I mentioned the, the term accomplice. And uh, one of the uh, white women uh, were like, oh, you know, I don't really like the term accomplice because it's like, it, I feel like it criminalizes me. Oh, no. And I was like, girl. <laughs> don't you just hate people? I was like, <laughs> like, yeah, people just hate them. Like, I was at work and like, I had this huge debate with like someone that I really am in meetings with that works like in our data department. And we were having a, well, she said something about like trying to be this, academic person that she academic person that she is 
had the nerve to challenge the idea of people mentioning their pronouns as they them mm. and I just had to buy I just had to go in on her because I was just like you have to be <laughs> kidding me like this is about people's lives like yeah. you know and when we talk about people's lives we need to be way more empathetic and understanding and a lot of people have agency over themselves like you know who are you to say that mm. someone is right or wrong and the fact that you're white on top of it you have the audacity <laughs> <laughs> to be in this space and try to police someone's identity like it's just really really it's it's interesting. Wait, so her argument was that the individual can't choose their they, own them. pronoun? No, they can't say they, them as a pronoun because they, them is not a pronoun in the dictionary or a, a pronoun in, um, in the term that we, in the way that we use it. It's not used in the appropriate way. Oh, So no. she was trying to check the girls' um, Wait, <laughs> yeah. so grammar. Like, like, grammar. She was trying to be grammatically correct. And I'm like, girl, we're not talking about grammar right now. Like, you know, like, and even if we were... We're shifting that narrative. We're changing that conversation. <laughs> Which, that's right. Point like, that's the point. Like, girl, like, I was just like, wow, it's just so funny. People say things like that piss me off because people forget that the point of language is for us to utilize it to, to empower us or rather use it to our advantage. Language mm -hmm. doesn't exist as this thing that mm -hmm. it's doing us a favor. We're not borrowing language. Exactly. We're creating language as mm -hmm. we go. We're creating it to fit our lives and our our realities. We go back to we go back to your homegirl call um what's her name? Colonial. <laughs> <laughs> Colonialism. I'm just gonna call it colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> everything just, just blame it. Blame it. They're, they're accountable. It's okay. Mm. It's accountable. Hello. <laughs> So, you know, Genovia, and, you know, in the work that you do, um, the advocacy work that you do, um, you know, within the trans community, within the ballroom scene, within the kiki scene, what does self-care look like for you? This is always like a hard, hard question. We have to, a little, yeah. <laughs> this is always a hard question for me because like a lot of times when you are passionate about things and things. The thing is that, I guess, with doing this kind of work, it's not necessarily me doing work for the sake of others. Mm -hmm. It's it's home. It's about me. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's about me as well. And um, it's sometimes hard to escape from that. So even when there is, like, you know, space for me to, I guess, escape the reality, um, it's hard to walk away from it and set time aside. So mm -hmm. it's very time-consuming, and I think that... Um, self-care um, I don't know like I don't think we cherish it as much or I don't cherish it as much to speak for myself um, and I'm not even really confidently sure about what that looks like because I'm burdened with always having to think about these things like you know I think that I have the privilege um, to always escape even though I can understand and um, voice what may be going on, it's lingering somewhere. Like, you know, there's always mm -hmm. that curiosity or that um, security blanket that's like, what if, or why not, or like, you know? So um, if I had to answer it, I would say, um, yeah, I would say I would say cocktails, like you know. Honestly, like, I would say cocktails. I would say lobby, libations, cocktails, like you know, partying, like you know, like this is very new for me because growing up, I never drink. I was one of those people that's like, oh, you drink now, oh, you smoke now, like you know, I just was so anti drugs, like anti 
liquor. Like, anti you know, fun. Anti. No, I was so, <laughs> no, and I was lonely. I was like, oh my god. Like, you know, I had so many friends, but for different reasons. And mm-hmm. like, you know, it's great to be an adult now and be able to understand that I can. Um, escape and not necessarily demonize mm-hmm. myself for how I choose mm-hmm. to um, celebrate my life or, um, you know? Right, you don't beat yourself up for having two glasses of wine. Right, yeah. Yeah. well, child. Unapologetically. Yeah, like, you know, like, it's, it's, you know, I think it's really about just being aware. It's really about being aware and a lot of times, you know, people in general engage in things that they need to do for self-care. Mm-hmm. And for some, there is this idea around control. Like, you know, mm-hmm. can you control yourself? Like, you know, or how much damage are you really doing? Like, you know, to yourself is some real questions. I think when we think about um, many people that are activists, etc. Like, you know, there's always some sense of dumb... Um, possibly juggling something that people may not deem as the politically correct thing to do mm-hmm. because they're looked at as this type of person. Mm-hmm. But I'm quite sure if you indulge down into their like, you know, intimate life, you're like, okay, wow, like, you know, this person is doing things that I would never presume them to do. And they're probably okay with that. Like, you know, like they're probably okay with, you know, having a drink here or there. They're probably okay with indulging in like, you know, whatever drugs they indulge in or mm-hmm. being hypersexual or like, you know, these different things that we deem as negative and they're, they're not as negative as we always perpetuate them to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, for me, that's that's my thing for now. You're not be giving my breaks because I'd be trying to work out <laughs> and get a little snatched. Um, but but um, I would say, I would say that I have a good time and I, I like to drink socially with people that I know and love and you know it's really great to always be able to be in conversation with people mm-hmm. that's why it's something I can't do by myself like I cannot be in a house by myself oh, let me drink like that's never yeah that, I can't do Thank it you. it's Thank like you. I can't Thank I can have a closet full of liquor and it's like okay I would not drink it's just no reason to like you yeah. know versus what it does to bring celebration and um harmony with people that I care for or love or that can contribute with to my life and I can contribute to theirs that mm-hmm. makes all the difference for me and for me that is if I had to explain what self-care was for me that is what self-care is for me mm-hmm. so for you yeah. self your the way that you self-care is to surround yourself with the community with people that you that you love and can share and celebrate with. yes yes mm-hmm. yeah over elevation <laughs> <laughs> over elevation <laughs> so um Genovia we're going to, you know, get ready to wrap up, but I really want to give you space um, to share anything you want, anything that you're getting ready to do, anything you want to promote, um, any advice you want to give to any young trans girls out there. Um, this is your platform to share any and everything that you want. Um, thank you. Like, um, I don't know, I'm really hard with the plugs, but uh, <laughs> um, right now I am working to um, push my GoFundMe page, which is going to secure me finishing up, like, you know, schooling at um, FIT's um, continuing studies, um, a profession, professional studies, I think it's called. <laughs> um, so I have completed several courses and now I'm like moving forward, you know, it's taxing to pay for your own schooling like you know it's not like it's like some back of a scholarship or anything so um i have been doing a gofundme that's going to support um getting me through the rest of that certificate program as well as kickstarting my company which doesn't have a name yet but like you know like i was gonna go with genovia for now <laughs> and this company is basically really to contribute to social justice so social and um economic support and development of houseborn community um talents my message to younger um, trans folks out there is to 
put yourself first. I think that a lot of times us as trans folks are, I think a lot of times us trans folks are inflated with these so many different um, things that really cause us to escape and run away from who we are and prioritizing our own personal needs. We get into a space where we're satisfying others and being there for others and, you know, dealing with other shit. And we neglect, like, you know, our own self-care, our health care, like, you know, like things that really can help us live a more sustainable, happier lives. So as it comes to romance, um, give it time. I think a lot of times we become so lonely and like really wrapped around these um, ideas that we have to settle for people and it can be damaging. Like, you know, sometimes you just have to really heal and worry about yourself and get yourself to a place where you're loving of yourself and you're taking care of yourself so that someone can really be with you um, and affirm you just as much as you affirm yourself. Um, protect yourselves. Trans folks, protect yourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes, you know, we are like, because I have friends, you know, we are like real, like, you know, we're, we're just Banshee. Like, you know, we're not, like, you know, people may not, <laughs> people may not be as Banshee and my sister's going to be like, oh, she's admitting it. Like, you know, because I don't really admit to being Banshee, but it's like, you know, like, it's like, you know, there's a certain attitude that you have to have in a world that we live in that is like so anti-you. Mm -hmm. So as we've seen over the years, there's been more visibility around trans folks being murdered and attacked and, mm -hmm. um, that doesn't, uh, to me, that doesn't really fully even explain um, or gives notice to how large of a situation this really is. So we have to protect ourselves. We have to be conscious and aware of our surroundings. And like, you know, yeah, part of that self-care is like, you know, like not allowing just anyone into your space. Um, like it's people see that like a lot of times in these situations there are people that know know these people that know these trans folks that mm -hmm. probably were their lovers or someone that they probably exchanged something with like you know socially or whatnot so like you know it's we have to be really really protective of ourselves um and not be overcame by that but like you know just be conscious that you know it's not for everyone and everyone's not for it you know mm -hmm. um so yeah mm -hmm. Yes, gotcha, Novia. Thank you. Thank you so much. Genovia, you were fantastic. Thank you for coming on our show today. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. <laughs> and a Hey goddesses, this is Genovia Chase Milan, and you are listening to The Goddess Complex. Follow us on Instagram at Goddess Complex Show, on Twitter at That Goddess Show, and be sure to check us out on Facebook. Look out for the TGC mixtape series dropping on our SoundCloud real soon. Chat in two weeks time.